Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I'm very excited and so pleased to have with me today as my guest, Ryan Stanley. Ryan, welcome to my program. Meredith, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it for a while and uh, super excited to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. I am too. And Ryan is another one of these fabulous people that we met on LinkedIn and had a great conversation. And I just knew that I wanted to bring him on as a guest because as you'll hear, his experience is just perfect for my listeners. So let me give a little bit of background before we jump into the questions, Ryan. Ryan is a lifelong entrepreneur who is known for his ability to connect with, understand, and empower people who are willing to make significant changes in their personal and professional lives so they can, and I love this, end up being the best versions of themselves. Uh, What's interesting uh, and unique about Ryan is that he graduated from the Institute for Professional Excellence in coaching, or what's often known as IPEC, and he did this in 2009, and then he went on to work there for 10 years in two different roles. In one of them, he was the admissions coach, and Ryan, I was so excited to see that you had closed almost $22 million in sales during an eight-year period, and then you also became their first-ever internal coach, where you coached people from entry-level folks up to C-suite. So your experience there at IPEC, to me, is really um, pertinent, valuable, and very relevant to my listeners and what they're doing. And then last year, Ryan published his first book, which I have a copy of and I have enjoyed it so much. And we're going to talk about that today. It's called Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. And then this past spring, Ryan took an interesting turn in his career. He took and packaged, really, his sales and coaching expertise, taking it to a new level with a partner where they founded this program called Teach Me to Sell. And what I love about it is it's um, a, a sales training organization that's focused on working with people who are my listeners, coaches, consultants, solopreneurs. In fact, you call it service-oriented solopreneurs as your audience you're serving, SOS. So we'll be talking about them. And what I love about one area of focus that we'll delve into is you help them push back or push away and work through their fears and these blocks that tend to hold them back around this whole topic of selling. Yeah. So I know I talked about some of your journey, Ryan, but tell us a little bit more about it to help us understand how you're doing the work you decided to do today. 
Sure. Um, and again, first of all, just a little extra gratitude for, for having me. I'm, I'm really enjoying being here and happy to be here and share some time and space with you. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody's journey is unique, right? I mean, that's something I think as silly or not silly as it sounds, but as cliche as it sounds, it really is so true. When we start to recognize that there are billions of people on the planet, we recognize there are billions of journeys that are, are occurring uh, all the time. Uh, in a sense, for me, that gives me more excitement about my own journey and really makes you realize how unique it actually is. Um, everybody's, you know, and mine as well. So, yeah, I mean, you touched on it. I've been in, uh, so I'll start at the beginning a little bit, at least back to when I started becoming a coach. Uh, I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. In fact, I'm still a bit of what I call an ADD entrepreneur. Uh, I do, I, I, I like to do a lot of different things. My form of art, instead of painting or uh, creating music, I create businesses, right? I enjoy like different aspects of different products. It, it's a form of creative expression um, from my perspective. So in 2008, I was working in artist management. So I was managing a bunch of bands. And what I loved most about that was really connecting with the musicians, was empowering them, was helping them realize that they can set big goals and that they can live on purpose and maybe having conversations with them that nobody else had had with them before. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the time when you're starting off as a musician, there's not a strong support network uh, because it is a difficult industry to get into and there's all sorts of different things. And so I loved connecting with empowering and being that person. There was aspects of the industry that I didn't love. I don't need to spend a ton of time talking about it, but I just knew there was things that I loved, things I didn't love. But in October of 2008, like three and three different conversations, the term coaching came up. And while now certainly, you know, 12 years later, coaching is certainly more mainstream and it does come up a little bit more often. 2008, it was still a lot of corporate and relatively, I mean, there was a couple of life coaches, but many people didn't really even know what it was. And as I heard the term coach, like come up three times, I kept, kept saying to myself, well, that, that's what I do. That's who I am. That just feels like me. Mm -hmm. And so in 2009, I enrolled in IPEC and, um, you know, my intention was, and, and I did do this, my intention was to still work with musicians, but to get rid of some of the the left brain management aspect of, of the, the role that I didn't like and really increase the right brain where I could be more curious. I could be more connected and really just focus on that. And so I enrolled in IPEC 2009 while I was there, I attended the headquarters in New Jersey, which, which is where I live. And I met a lot of the leadership from within the organization. And we found that we had some immediate synergies. They were going through some growth. And so they actually asked me to start working for them before I even graduated. So while I, I finished, I graduated in August, I think of 2009 and I did start my own practice, but it was, I kept it mostly on a part-time practice for years as I kept about three to five clients at a time, up to seven, maybe. Uh, but at the same time was working with IPEC. I started off kind of helping them with marketing, but quickly moved on to the admissions role. Uh, and then also, like you said, the, the internal coaching role, which was something that I just kind of, as I was working with IPEC and, and, you know, we, we talk with a lot of organizations out there about how, the, the importance of a coaching culture and having using coaching conversations and that type of a thing, which I know you talk a lot about in your book as well. Um, I just, I, I suggested them that it might make sense for us to have an internal coach as well. And so they were um, nice enough to give me the opportunity to do it, knowing what my, my natural skills were. And, and so I, it was really a pretty powerful time in my career there. That's so cool to be able to be the one really that helps to uh, bring the people inside of that organization to another level, as well as, as you were bringing in, I can only imagine what those conversations were like with potential uh, candidates, I guess, for your coaching, the IPEC coaching program, the certification. 
in your conversations with hundreds or maybe even thousands of people aspiring to be coaches, I'm just curious, uh, because I imagine you also kept in touch with them as they were going through the program. What were some of the things that you saw them struggling with and how did you help them with those? Yeah, I think in general, and the part and many of your listeners out there who are coaches will know that I think some of the biggest struggles that all of us as human have are fear, right? Fear of not being good enough, fear of not being successful enough, fear of not um, being a great coach or all these different things, right? So coming in, when people look to enroll in the program, there was a lot of fear about what, you know, can I do this? Is this something that anybody is, is even actually doing? Is this a real business? And some people knew that it was, other people, you know, there's varying, like you said, over thousands of people they spoke with. Um, but for me, I think if you are the per- type of person, the most common theme was that people really were more often than not wanting to be the person they wish they had in their life when they were younger, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be younger, could be last week. It could be 10 years ago. It could be whatever before now, right? At some point mm-hmm. I wish I had somebody to support me in my growth and my journey to where I am now. Now I got here on my own. It might've been a little bit faster or more efficient if I had somebody to guide me or at least ask me questions to take me outside my own comfort zone, that type of now, interestingly enough, on a side note, sometimes that may or may not be true, right? Just philosophically speaking, sometimes the, the struggle to what got us to the point where we want to serve others uh, is really the most important part. And so sometimes even just bringing some awareness, like, hey, you're exactly where you're supposed to be for every single second of life that you've lived up until this moment. And the fact that you want to use your energy and you want to use your life to serve others and be that light for them uh, says something about your journey thus far. So really what I would often, and I'm, I'm kind of just thinking out loud here, but to co- go to your question, when people are afraid to, to sell or afraid to kind of put themselves out there on social media or any type of a marketing space, you know, I, to go to your question, how would I help them? I would really point them out. Listen, your, your journey brought you here for a reason. Like, you know, you took the step to become a coach, to even have this conversation with me as an admissions coach at the time, right? Um, now that you've enrolled in this program, you, you've had this amazing experience. You've learned so much about yourself and how to connect with others and empower others. For you to be a, to not step into that and to not step out of your comfort zone to shine or at least to show people what you have to offer, you're actually doing a disservice to your gift and you're doing a disservice to those people who you're now afraid to offend by you know offering to sell them something, right? And so when we really recognize why am I here, what is my purpose, if, if I feel like I'm here to serve and I, I took this role, I got this experience, I got this certification, whether it be as a fitness instructor or some sort of a consultant or anything where you're there to serve others by listening to the fear of like, hey, I might not be good enough or I might offend somebody by asking them for their business. I'll just, I mean, I know I already said it, but you really are doing them a disservice more than you are the disservice of not mentioning them. And so helping people get past little blocks that weren't serving them or their, their or potential clientele, I think is probably mm-hmm. one of that's so cool. I just keep thinking about how lucky they were to be interacting with the admissions person who is a coach and you really can listen between the lines yeah. at some of the things that they uh, would say. And as I was hearing you say, you know, it being a disservice, what came to my mind was another way of talking about it is they have a responsibility yeah. to use these gifts and skills that they are acquiring to make a difference in the lives of others. It's sort of like that thing of don't put your light under a bushel. (laughs) Yeah, I I could not agree more. In in fact, as I really stepped more into my own personal development journey and kind of I'm comfortable and confident saying that as I've leveled up 
you know, specifically in the last year, like I've really been focusing on who I want to be. This concept that um, literally every day when you wake up, there is oxygen, there is running water, there is sunlight so that you can exist. And that in itself is a responsibility, right? Creates, a, in my opinion, right? It reminds me that I have a responsibility to, to be the best version of myself and to live on purpose because today is a gift. I don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow, right? It doesn't matter whether there is, there isn't. I have today. Who do I want to be today? Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, passing that along to coaches who are then also want to serve others, right? So for themselves, so that they can utilize the gift of life, but then also allow others who now they're coaching to do the same thing. I mean, it really is not, you know, the, the ripple effect. In, mm-hmm. in so- Definitely. And I was also curious to explore with you in that role as admissions coach, I'm sure you learned a lot of things about selling in terms of the kinds of conversations that you would have that allowed you to bring people on board more easily. You probably learned a lot from those early years compared to later years. And I'm curious if you could talk about some of the insights you gained, lessons you learned that would be valuable for our, for my own listeners in their own situations with selling. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, I mean, we do a lot, um, especially with teach me to sell, like there, there's a lot of, of concepts that we learned in those early, in those early years for myself. My partner is a, a guy named Kirk Van Linden, who, and I'll just touch on this real quick, but from a sales capacity has been, sales training for over 10 years. So, I mean, he's really has the actual left brain sales skills where mine was kind of more like, Hey, I, I connect with people easily. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely a heart centered individual. And so I learned a lot by being an entrepreneur at an early age. I didn't necessarily know it was sales it was really just, you know, having conversations about my business. Um, but as I started off in my early years as a missions coach, the blessing was that I had just gone through coach training. Right. And so really, in some capacity, when, when you're in sales, whether you're a coach or not, or any business, the, those coaching skills of listening, of reflecting, of acknowledging and validating, of helping people feel understood and not only feel understood, but be understood, but really mm-hmm. go out of the way. You know, there, there is a coaching skill of acknowledgement and validation, which if you look at it from like, oh, it's just the skill and you're not just using it for the sake of, oh, let me check that off the list of skills used in this, today's coaching sessions, but the, the, it's purposeful for both the coach and the client, right? So if, if at a, in the sales capacity, if somebody comes in looking to be trained as a, as a coach and they're not sure if they want to do it or not, I'm going to get some, be real curious about their background. Be genuinely curious. Like it's not like, oh, let me just check off the list of questions I should be asking. In fact, really mm-hmm. to almost have a blank slate of really hear what they have to say. Get a little bit here. You know, you might have an opening line that allows them to open up a little bit about themselves. But after that, it is really, you know, reflecting that back to them. So what I've heard you say is, you know, here's where you are, but you know, here's who you want to be and letting them know what, what the challenges, reminding them so they feel heard and understood. Okay. These have been my challenges. Now I hear who you want to be. Let's look at how this could or could not work for you. The other piece to that is not necessarily being the attached to the outcome of the sale. You know, we talk a lot about serving and not selling. And so if you've come to me because I've have a product that is interesting to you, or we've been connected through a referral or whatever reason, we are here now one way or the other. So I'm hearing that you have a challenge, right? So you really want to be sure as a salesperson, in this example, um, that you're hearing what their challenge is and, and to get clarity on it. It's, it's one thing to, I, I believe it's not enough to be like, okay, I got it, as much to reflect it back to them. And so what I heard you say is this is your challenge. Mm-hmm. So now you're clear, they're clear and you're clear that you understood where they are right now and what they're missing. 
And then it's our role as a coach, but, or as a salesperson in any capacity to then show them to your best belief of why what you have is going to serve that need. And to be honest with you, explored why, if it is or it isn't, sometimes you'll get there and it's not. And so to not necessarily be attached, I have to get the sale no matter what, to where you end up making up things that don't serve them doesn't make any sense. But we feel like all of a sudden we get caught up in this, the nerves, right, of, of, of not wanting to lose or come from a place of lack, as opposed to just, hey, listen, here's what I have. How can we serve you best? If this doesn't serve you, let's maybe while we're here together, find some different ways that might. Um, and through that, you either A, get to the point where you're definitely serving them and, and they, they align with your product, mm-hmm. or B, you're serving them anyway, and they are going to remember you as somebody who is part of their journey and guided them to the place what they needed at that time. And then even if they didn't take your product or service or whatever it is, they're going to speak positively about you. They're going to reflect and re- um, on your time together as something that was beneficial to them. And they, in the future, may come across somebody who definitely will align with you and that you, you feed more energy and more um, clients your way and, and more prospects. Pros- yeah, I love the focus on that. And you know what came across to me just as I was listening to you describe that process is a lack of pressure. Yeah. On yourself and on them. It's a freeing up of uh, showing that you care by really being present and fully listening and getting them and mm-hmm. then helping them understand what you do have to offer so they can make an informed decision. And like you say, making that relationship positive so that in the future, if they do need it, if they don't sign up, say now, but if they are considering it later or know someone, the, the positive relationship that you've established serves you and them going forward. Yeah. We always say, teach me to sell. We always say, do the right thing for every person, every time. Like that's really just the, you know, in, in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, if you go that's into any conversation mm-hmm. yeah, with, with that one, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. And the other piece to it is sometimes the timing may or may not be right for them. And so they might like everything you have, but maybe they're just stepping their toe in the water, so to speak. Right. And so it has nothing to do with you or your product. And in fact, they enjoyed the whole conversation. It's just for variables, thousands of variables. Who knows what they are? It might not necessarily be the right time. Now, obviously, there's sales skills to kind of prod that a little bit and find out if it, that's just that or that's just a limiting belief and maybe to you know, forward them along in the sales conversation. But again, as long as you're always doing what's right for them, um, sometimes they may just want to talk to six or seven other people and then they're going to come back to you at the end anyway, as long as you are then, again, trying to serve them best. With mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you and your partner got together to form this new um, company, uh, Teach Me to Sell. I love that name too. Because <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, me too. Right? It was teachmetosell.com. I couldn't believe that it wasn't taken. I was like, okay, well, that's, that in itself is a sign. Let, let's, you know, what are people going to look up? I just, just teach me to sell, right? That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Kirk actually also worked at IPEC for a year. And he actually came in and in the admissions department was my director. So he, he was the head of the, um, the director of admissions, basically. Something else. I don't remember what the specific title is, but something else. he was my boss, basically. Uh-huh. And uh, we just had some immediate synergies, and we really got along well. His leadership style was really um, powerful to me, and I really aligned with it as an individual, as a human, and as a leader, um, as someone who works my own self-leadership. And so he was there for about a year, and then just for various reasons, felt like it was time for him to, to move on. And then with COVID, everything happening, there were some changes at IPEC as well. So within two or three months, I had left IPEC as well. And we just had stayed connected socially. He lives in Colorado. I live in New Jersey. And we just were talking um, about kind of next stages and everything that was kind of going on in the world. 
And because he has this strong background in very specific skill sales skills training, like he um, worked for worked in the financial services industry, so he sold and trained people to sell hundreds of millions of dollars worth of sales, like so big stuff. Like so, people from all over the country would seek him to come to their place and train his people, their people to to, to work in sales. Um, but he's also very altruistic and really does care about people. And this was easy for me to tell after working with him. And that is a big thing for me. Like, I, you know, we're all one in my opinion. And mm-hmm. the more we can serve others, the better. And um, so I am I'm really focused on mindset, being the internal coach. Like, I really do love to, to help others serve and grow. I'm also a coach, right? But so we both had similar strengths. His superpower is the left brain, very specific sales skills. Like, he will take you from somebody who's never sold anything into somebody who can sell everything and enjoy the process on his own. Um, and I, and, and I'm happy to say that I say this with humility, but really with, with also being my intention, am a master at, and I spend a lot of time focused on developing a masterful mindset and choosing who you want to be every single day and creating physical, mental, spiritual, emotional actions that will serve your purpose, right? And so we thought, well, if we can combine these two and we can work with people who want to serve others, we can find people out there who are, coaches or our fitness instructors or, or even in direct sales, people who are interested in like, hey, listen, I, I, I came across these essential oils and they really made my life different or better. And I want to sell those for other people as well. And then all of a sudden somebody asks, how much does it cost or how much does your coaching cost? And they get all nervous or uncomfortable. It's because they didn't get into this to be salespeople, right? And so me and Kirk recognize there's a whole audience of people out there who really do want the best, want to be the best versions of themselves. They just don't know how. And they have a background of for whatever reason, we all have our own individual backgrounds, right? Believing that sales is a slimy thing or it's uncomfortable. You just have this vision of the, the, um, you know, the, the slimy car salesman or whatever, right? right. In the seventies, they show them with the big ties and the, the plaid jackets and everything. But so we thought, listen, there, there's a way we can help people be the best versions of themselves and serve others to do the same, right? So our mission is kind of to serve those who want to serve others so they can serve more people in the best way possible. So it's this kind of going back to this ripple effect of really being, attaching the left brain of the really specific sales skills and the right brain of really how do I kind of be creative as a human being and as someone who does care. And we married the two. Yes. And I love the theme on your um, website of stop selling and start serving. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how that framework guides what you teach folks to do who participate in your program. Yeah. Happily. Um, And again, thank you for the opportunity. I, I think in general, if you start off, you know, we, we talked about recognizing that every single day is a gift, right? I mean, if you really just kind of go to that concept as a, as a starting point, and that means every conversation you're going to have is a gift. And if you've gotten into a service-oriented career where you want to serve others, that is really what you're doing with every conversation you have. And so when you recognize like, hey, if you spend time before any sales call that you're going to have, being grateful for the opportunity to have that call, being grateful for this person uh, just and their experience, which has brought, you know, come to you and being grateful for the opportunity to serve them in the future as a, as a client. And you, you're showing up in this place as opposed to, oh my gosh, I hope I get this person. I hope they can afford it. I hope they, you know, this, this thing, this, this feeling of lack in any capacity. When we recognize that, listen, even if this client isn't right for me, there's an opportunity for me to make a friend, to, to serve somebody in some capacity and have a conversation. And if they don't end up being my client, if I can, sprinkle something into their life that serves them tomorrow, which doesn't necessarily have to do with my coaching, but is serving their life. You are, again, being the light you want to see in the world. You are creating something that can serve others 
And I believe even from a metaphysical standpoint, right, from a, from a quantum physics level, you're at a point by putting that level of service and gratitude out there, um, you create more opportunities to do so. Mm-hmm. And when you, again, infuse like some specific sales skills again. So, so with that, we take the service in, like the, the, the intention of every conversation that you're having. But now we're also going to let you know, hey, there, there is probably a, uh, a process to have on your conversation, what, how to guide people and, and how to keep them engaged and how to move them forward and when to ask for the price and when to, you know, and how to show it to them in a way that is really giving to them instead of taking from them. Mm-hmm. And so there is, again, having the left brain process, but really anchoring it with doing the right thing for every person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that balance between the two because I think sometimes folks go into these conversations feeling the pressure themselves or sometimes desperate, like I've got to make this sale, as yeah. you're saying, and that's the wrong energy uh, to bring in. And that whole idea of taking time before the call, I love that because I do yeah. that same thing, you know, to really help focus on how can I be of service, maximum service to this person? So I'm not preoccupied with being the one talking or, you know, focused on the product and just my enthusiasm about it, but learning about them more fully first so that then there's a context for talking about the product. Yeah. And in fact, I love really what you said about being present. One of, one of my goals, so I have like a self journal and part of my morning routine is that there's a couple different things. There's like, you know, what am I going to do for the day? What am I, what am I grateful for? What are some of my tasks? But one of those sections is what are my goals for the day? And I use this section to, and in fact, we, we give one of these to each of our students at teaching the sale as well. So this is part of the, part of the, of the program. You get a self journal. So that's why I bring it up as well. But part of it is there's a section that says, what are my goals for the day? And my goals, and everybody can do it differently. I'm just sharing to kind of follow through your conversation. What my goals are always like, who do I want to be? Like, how do I want to be today? Like, those are my goals. Because there's a separate section for tasks. Okay, do I want to send out this email? Do I want to finish this thing? Whatever. Right. So that, that's like the doing. But for me, the goals is the being. And in accordance with what you just said, often, and it's different every day, but there's one that comes up frequently. And it's like, be present with whomever I'm with. Right? It doesn't matter whether it's my son who's three years old, you know, six years old, whether, whether it's you, whether it's a prospect, whether it's anybody. Like, like if you're going to be there, be present uh, intentionally. And so when, when knowing that going into any sales conversation, to your point, it's not about getting distracted with what's going to happen at the end or, or what, 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 do I have all the details of my product? That's important information to just have as a way of being. But technically, if you're there in the moment and you are connecting from a present standpoint and you're being curious around who they are and what their needs are, and looking for the best ways to serve them and building a rapport that, that serves both of you uh, in the grand scheme of things. That's, that's really what it's all about. Well, I, I don't want people to miss this. I think it's really important. The idea of taking time in the morning before you start your day to look at who I want to be as well as what I want to do. Because I think we do get into this left brain task list. How many, you know, what all do I need to do today? But to slow down long enough and ask, who do I want to be today? So that when I'm doing those tasks, I really show up as my best self. I really like that. That's Yeah, 100%. Uh, Another one that I write often is to be joyfully productive. Right. So listen, like, it's not like, oh, hey, let me just be happy as rainbows and I'm going to sit outside in the sun and just do nothing. Right. I mean, you can enjoy life many different ways. There's work that needs to be done. But to set the intention of today, I want to be joyfully productive means you're, you're telling your brain, I've got work to do and I can enjoy doing it. Like I can play music that I like doing. It doesn't have to be the stress or this overwhelm. It's important to, I think, you know, 
when you're when you're behaving that way joyfully productively uh you may work longer days and not even know that they're longer days because you're, you're intentionally being joyful about it and to your point when you when you plant those seeds to your subconscious to start every day of who do i want to be it adds up and it makes a difference and it shows up for you, you know, throughout each and every day. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great segue to talk about your book because one of the key aspects of it is joy. It certainly is. And, and so I want to tap into those three elements that are in your book, the be patient, be present and be joyful. You chose those three on purpose. And I'd love for you to talk about each one in turn why is was it important for you to write about it and how can using that make a difference for yeah. someone in their in their lives overall but also in each day so let's start with be patient because i know that's a tough one for many people yeah it's a huge one and actually real quick i will just so i don't forget it i want to say sometimes people see patience again almost going back to just doing nothing and sitting under the tree or whatever it is right and that and, and the book actually talks about that that's really not what i'm saying at all like I understand things need to be done and you want to be working towards whatever outcome you want. Um, but the value and patience and knowing that it's going to uh, turn out the way it's supposed to anyway, and your job is to be here now and work towards it in a patient mindset. Um, and real quick, let me just dial it back because there is actually a, and this might help to kind of as we move through each of these patients, presence and joy, there is a prologue which talks about the concept of us all being creators. Yes. And, and it's important for us, in my opinion, when I wrote this book, I wanted to put that as a prologue because at the very basic concept, if you understand, and this is, again, is my opinion, I'm not a doctor in anything as much as just experienced my life. Um, but if you understand that we're always and in always creating something, right? Right now, you and I are creating two people having an, an awesome conversation in a podcast. Uh, if you wake up in the morning and you put blue socks on, blue pants, blue shirt and a blue hat, you are creating a person dressed in blue. If you throw on some peanut butter and some jelly on some bread, you're creating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whatever. You're always creating. So in that sense, we also, when you laugh, you're creating laughter. If you write down words on a piece of paper and put a period at the end, you're creating a sentence. This stuff seems obvious, but when you get stressed, you often create anxiety. When we get angry, we create anger. We're always creating something. And when we're feeling we want something to happen. So much stress is caused. Now we're going to dial it back to the patients. <laughs> mm-hmm. So much stress in life is caused because we want something to happen now or sooner. I want to be more successful yes. now. I want to have lost weight now. I want to have been in a perfect relationship now. I, even if I'm just, I'm sick or I'm just depressed or unhappy, I want to feel better now. Right? So all these things we want to happen immediately. And then we're taking our physical energy, which is our thoughts, and we're focusing it on what we don't want, what we don't have, and we don't like, and we're creating this stress and this anxiety and this feeling of energetic of lack, right? Where we're feeling that this, I don't have enough, and now is not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so to, to ask yourself, well, now that I know that that's how I'm feeling and I'm anxious that this has not happened yet, what would it be like to create a patient person? Like, how does a patient person behave? And if you're just... And it's not, not with judgment of other people. Well, it's this, it's that. No. So I'm just asking, I'm, I'm again, accessing that right side of the brain. How would a patient person behave in this moment? And your brain, your brain is a machine. And when you start, when you ask it questions, its job is to answer them. Like it will try to find a way to answer them. And it doesn't have to be the right answer. And that's something else I would just share to anybody out there. Don't always worry about having the right answer because that's putting things in a, in a, in a box. But if you just open yourself up to what, what might be the answer. And you say, like, how might a patient person behave right now? Well, a patient person wouldn't be so worried that that isn't here yet. 
So especially if you're working towards it, right? And that's something, again, I want to really, I mean, it's important to whatever you want in life. I'm not saying it comes for free. You don't have to do anything. I am saying though, it's how you behave in the meantime that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about enjoying the process again of the now and knowing that a patient person is going to not worry about the future because they know that they're creating it and it's going to show up exactly as it's supposed to. And when we start to utilize that awareness that we can create patients in any given moment, uh, it puts things at, at flow and actually take, then takes you to the next chapter, which is presence, right? So if you're not worried about anything anymore, not, or at least you're not worried about the future, you, you understand that you are now, then what would it be like to create a person who is present? What does a present person feel like? What does a present person think about? Well, and again, if you're, if you're building a business, you can be thinking about your work. It's, it's great to think about your work. It's great to be creative about your work. But thinking about, oh my gosh, is it going to happen good? Is it going to happen bad? Is it, what does someone else somewhere else think about me? You know, all that stuff is happening outside. Mm-hmm. So to create a person who is present, and if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling overwhelmed, to say, well, a present person would think about what their five senses are doing right now, right? So if, if I'm feeling like, we'll take the business part out, I just want to be present for the moment. And I'm not really sure how to do that, right? I can say, okay, well, I can close my eyes. I can think about what do I hear? What do I smell? What do I feel? You know, can you feel the skin against the air against your skin of your face? These different things that I never really thought about often as a younger person. So it, it was certainly a lesson for me. But when we're present and we're not worried about what I did last week or what someone else somewhere else thinks last week, I'm not worried about what may or may not happen in the future. I'm just here today with whomever I'm with, whether it be by myself or with somebody else or with a pet or with whatever. I'm here right now because really now is all there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we realize that, that typically the past is just memories of previous nows, uh, and which, by the way, we typically don't even remember accurately. We think we do, but really uh, there's been science proven that says right. we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not worried about the future, what might happen somewhere else. We're just here. And then you can enjoy being here now and you can actually create in more flow. Um, and then from there, so you're not waiting anymore. So you're, you're, you're patient and you're present. You're here now anyway. How would you rather be feeling? Joyful. Joyful is a, is a great option. And so, again, going back to being a creator, how, what would it be like to create some joy? You, are, you literally, when joy comes to your life, you do create it. And the more we start to recognize that we have that ability in any given moment to literally make time and it takes practice like anything else, mm-hmm. but you can sit there and say, what does joy feel like? What does joy feel like? If, if you're feeling really stressed, what does joy feel like? And then just practice, even if it's just a little bit more joyful from the second ago, right? You actually did that and you actually did create joy. And so to kind of take it back to your initial question, like when I was writing this, I just saw with my coaching clients, with people, with myself, with my children, with my friends, with people like there was some basic stuff that people, I don't, I don't say basic in a living way. Again, I wrote this book for myself as much as for the rest of the world. But the, the three basic concepts, and when you actually put them in order, okay, let me create someone who's patient. Like it's a, it's a great place to start. Let me just, I'm not worried about what's, what's, what's scaring me in the future. And then you take another step. Okay, now that I'm being patient, let me just be here for a second. Let me just be here now. Okay, now I'm here. And then you, and I, I practiced it a lot before I finished, published the book because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't, like it was something that I felt like anybody could do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then to create joy. And when the more you do it, the more often it becomes a physical habit. Right now, many people have physical habits, meaning that your brain you know, sends out chemicals and your body does all these different things that are reactionary and, and, and mm-hmm. stuck in like a stress habit. And so the idea is to create a person who is choosing you know, joy, to create a person who is creating new habits that will serve their purpose and then ideally those who surround them, their friends, their family, their siblings, their children, their, their prospects, their clients, 
Like all of it is about being the best version of yourself, which as you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the call, um, the more we can do that, the more we can not only serve others, but then inspire others to do the same. And then it becomes like this, this thing where you're, you're having a global impact just mm-hmm. by being you and the best version of you. Yeah, those three elements are, I, I like the way you integrate them and the way you really, you know, lay the groundwork with the patients first. Uh, because I think sometimes we do want instant results. And as you were talking and listening to you, you know, just thinking about planting a seed in the ground, because uh, we um, grow some of our own vegetables, and the idea of expecting it the next day you know, to produce much less to have sprouted. Right. <laughs> it, we, you know, we don't have that kind of expectation for yeah. that sort of thing. And yet in our own lives, we think, as I read your book and just thinking about it myself, the more we can um, implement those first two, I think the more natural the joy comes. Yeah. And we're not so anxious about, making something happen a particular way. I think yeah. that's part of the issue that we run into, isn't it? Is this expectations that we have for ourselves or for others or for certain situations, we allow ourselves to get impatient, disappointed when something doesn't turn out the way we hoped it would. Yeah, and interestingly enough, you're, you're right on point. And interestingly enough, a lot of the time that is goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the call, that the fears, right? The reason we, we want these to happen is because we're afraid what someone else is going to think of us, whether it be society, whether it be our family, whether it be, right? So all these different things we want it done now is because we're so afraid and rightfully so. Again, we, these are human fears. These are natural. I'm, I'm certainly not judging anyone in any capacity. I've been there my, myself. But that being said, it doesn't serve us. When we come to this place, we have to have it done yesterday. It's like, well, what if you just enjoyed now being who you are unapologetically for what you're creating in life and enjoyed the, the creation of it? Mm-hmm. And what you were kind of saying, under, I was saying underline is allowing, allowing it to unfold and enjoying that process. And again, it's like, I, I think as I've leveled up and like each time I kind of grow a little bit spiritually and I can feel it grow a little bit spiritually, I'm always like, oh, like, you know, like I thought that I understood what allowing men for a long time and it felt more difficult. Yeah. And I think it's going to be different for everybody. I don't know what made the switch for me, but like there's a level of like, okay, like I feel like I'm trying to allow it. I'm trying to allow it. And that's almost like the, the difference, right? You, you don't try, you just do allow. And by being yeah. patient and by being present. Uh, that that's helps. such a great word. And um, as, as we're getting close to the end of our time, I wanted to just emphasize something that occurred to me, this idea of serving, serving, not just others, but serving ourselves. 100%. And, you know, what, what in my thinking is serving me right now? What thoughts are not yeah. serving me? Yeah. And, the, and it goes back to me to those three points, the, the patience, the uh, presence, and the joy. Uh, because I know that I've had this feeling myself. When I'm feeling stressed, pressured, it's like, who has time to be joyful, right? <laughs> it's like, so... I think when we cease to see the joy in something, we need to just pause and step back and say, what is it about my thinking right now that's getting in the way of me being able to experience joy? Because whatever those thoughts are, they are not serving me, right? Totally. Absolutely. And I work with clients all the time. Like, 
a simple step. Is this thought serving my journey? Is it serving my purpose? Is it serving who I want to be? Right. And a lot of the time the answer is going to be no. And that's okay. And that makes sense. But so then if that's the case, and I'm, I'm talking from, from that, if I asked myself that question and I said the answer is no, uh, then, uh, then there's a, a backup question. Great. So what are some thoughts that would? Mm-hmm. Well, the thoughts that's are that great. this is going to happen the way it's supposed to, right? I, I can choose to believe that way, even if it seems weird or impossible. And again, it doesn't mean just sit back on my hands, but it does mean, okay, I can now continue working from a place of knowing that there's abundance, from a place of knowing that this will happen the way it's supposed to. And sometimes the way it's supposed to is not the way that I wanted it specifically a thought that it was specifically going to happen. Mm-hmm. And by allowing that to be the case as well, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It, it tends to unfold and we're, we're able to allow it. Uh, the only other thing I'll just point out real quickly, a lot of the time, you know, when, when people order something from Amazon and they, it's not going to come for you know, a week or something like that. They don't check it every day. They're not worried about it. like, where's the driver guy? What, right? They, they don't get the stress. They just click order and that's it. They're done. They allow it to come. Mm-hmm. And so as like a simple, tiny tool, even just like if I had just ordered this outcome in my career from Amazon, would I be sitting there monitoring it all the time? No, I would just assume that it's coming and keep going about my day. That's a great example. And it just made me think of something else. We could go on and on. I know. (laughs) But the thought that I had, as you were saying, you know, you place that order and you let it go. The the principle there is I did my part. Right. You know, I made the decision of what I was going to purchase. I clicked the button and now the rest of it is not up to me. So another question to ask is what is my part in this particular situation? Right. How can I contribute and when you've done what you can, and there's really not more you can do at that moment, then the waiting and the patience is what has to kick in. Is your job. Time. So it's all, it's all connected and related. I've so enjoyed this, Ryan. <clears throat> you have so much um, life wisdom that you've accumulated that now all of your clients are being able to benefit from. So tell my listeners, how can they connect with you? How can they learn more about getting a copy of your book and also learning more about the teach me to sell program? Perfect. Yeah. Thank you again for for that opportunity. So quick and easy. I mean, you can find me, uh, ryanstanley.com, R-Y-A-N-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y. And you can get my book that actually, if you order my, if you go click on, uh, there's a button on there that says, be patient, be present, be joyful. If you order it from there, uh, you'll get a signed copy from me, uh, just so you know. And in fact, depending on my availability, you can also get a complimentary session with, with that purchase. Uh, but it's also sold on Amazon. It's sold on Barnes and Nobles, anywhere books are sold, as they say. So feel free to look around online if you just want to order from there. Um, but also, though, especially during COVID, I do, again, it, it is a message that I, I intentionally wanted to serve others with. And so you can get a free copy if you want to download a PDF. If you go to ryanstanley.com slash free dash ebook, um, I'll send you a link. Maybe we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Right. I will do that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so people can get that for free. It's a PDF. I, you know, to your point, I like the physical copy as well. It's something that you can carry with you. It's something small. It's intentionally. And real quick, I don't want to take a ton of time, but I do want people to know that it's a short read. Like you could really read it in 35 minutes if you want mm-hmm. to. It's intentionally made to be, if you're having a tough day, just to sit down and kind of bring some clarity to, to your moment. Um, so having the physical copy is fun. So that's why I do say that. But if you just want to print it out, you can get a PDF as well for free at no charge. Um, and then in regards to Teach Me to Sell, it's, it's quick and easy. Teachmetosell.com. If you go on there, you can um, really, it's, it's a pretty plain website right now in the sense that it just talks about Kirk and myself. There is a, a link to a free training on there just on five different ways that you can um, kind of mastering your own sales process and different tips that we suggest as, as a starting point. And so you can check that out as well. But 
there's a contact button. Feel free just to go to Ryan at teachmetosell.com. You can email me uh, and we'll, we'll get you set up for a conversation. And by the way, if that's, a, if this is where as a coach or as a consultant, this is a place where you are, you, you've, you've gotten, you feel like you might align with my style. Um, you're not certain that you need a whole program right now. Feel free to email me anyway. We love to connect with people. We love to serve people. Even for just a fit, you know, you connect with Kirk or myself, we'll give you a 15 minute conversation just to where you are and what might be the best next step for you, whether it's with us or not. That's great. Thank you so much for who you are, Ryan, and the wonderful work you're doing in the world and the way you show up every day to serve and and love. Because I can just sense that from you, your commitment to other people and helping them be the best, which overall in our world today, we all need that, right? To be able to show up and be our very best self. So thank you so much for being with me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I will just share, and, I, and I, I'm sharing this intentionally, like that is my intention. And I, I say that out loud because I'm acknowledging your reflection of my intention to, to be loving and to be giving and to, and to serve. Um, and I say that in a sense now for others to like, hey, if the, the, we touched on starting every day with who you want to be and how you want to show up. And so when you do and you get reflections of it, as you just gave to me, I think it's important to acknowledge. So I wanted to do that as well. So thank you for, for your acknowledgement. Great. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.